We're back. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network on this Friday from our 6th and Peabody Studios downtown Nashville. I'm Chad Withrow. We got Kelly Stewart, guest co-hosting with us at Kelly in Vegas. Watch The Fade with Kelly and Clay Travis weekly as well as part of the Outkick Network. Speaking of the Outkick Network, a programming announcement for Outkick fans. Starting January 3rd, the only place to catch Outkick's original shows will be on the website, outkick.com. You can catch up on YouTube after the show, uh, but for all the live content, head and watch uh, the show on the watch tab, outkick.com. Don't miss a second. In 2024, again, outkick.com. Hit the watch tab. You can watch any of the shows live from the website. Uh, People are bemoaning the fact that the chat is going away on YouTube right now. I'm taking shrapnel left and right from our viewers in in the YouTube chat. I'm going to go ahead and make this announcement and just say it, and it will be so. I will find a way. If no one else does, I myself, Chad Withrow, will find a way with the help of the brilliant people in the studio right now to interact with you, the viewers, whether it be, uh, I don't even know, Colin said something about an AOL chat. Uh, a no, group why, not, why not on X or X, something like yeah, that? I mean, there's got to be capability Tyler to mentioned have an a chat. X, an X chat that you can make it private for the people watching also. That's a good one too, Kelly. We'll come up with something. Uh, I, I like the idea of a show text line that can that you can oh. go to an app on the phone and just see it from your phone and constantly interact with people. We will come up with something. So for those uh, that are on YouTube every day, and I, I know who you are, that are big fans of the show, first off, I appreciate you. I thank you. And I promise we will find a way for you to interact with the show. This is my Christmas holiday season promise to you. We will, we will find a way. We will make it happen. Kelly Stewart has found a way the last couple of days also. Kelly, we have entered the final hour of six that you have hosted on this show. You, you still seem fresh as a daisy. You look ready. You've got energy. You're, you're with it still. I, I'm, I'm very impressed with the stamina so far. The stamina. Yeah, it's powered by uh, energy drinks, coffee this morning. Look, it has uh, been really fun, and uh, I appreciate everybody hanging out with me and understanding that I've never done anything like this before. Uh, Allie says in the chat, I believe it from Chad, our fearless chat leader. Oh, they love you. Uh, someone also put... Uh, the chat is the best thing about the show. And I, I wanted to respond and say, you, you, you switch the T with a D at the end of chat. The, the chat is the what best is, part of the show. Let's get it have right. You, have you told them that I'm going to be filling in for you when you oh, take a uh, vacation? Uh, I'm sure when that happens. They're going to lose it then. Kelly will then be the best part of the show. Not the chat, oh, not boy. me. It'll be Kelly's the best part of the show. Kelly, not you could really score some points if you get a show text going for the week that I'm out and you're the one to implement it and just, you know, take okay. the bull by the horn. Don't do it. Cause then people oh. will like you more than me. And no one wants that me include me, especially, but we you can especially. find something for you can do for, for the audience. That's for sure. Um, fun time. It's been a good time hosting with you the last couple of days. Really appreciate you stepping in for Hutton. Hutton's going to be back on Monday. I think Hutton's out again next Friday. Kelly's going to be on with me again next Friday. Always doing a great job. Kelly joins us every Friday right here on Hot Mike also for our betting segment for the weekend. We're going to have that in about 17 minutes. So we'll get Kelly's best bets for the weekend. I've got a pitch that I'm going to make to Kelly about what I'm going to bet. It's not football related. By the way, it is a sport she knows a lot about, college basketball. But that is going to be my pitch for the weekend coming up at 420 Central Time. I want to talk about Giannis, though. 
Kelly, I, I think you've seen this also. His outburst going after the game ball uh, after scoring 64 points, we're showing it right now, was unhinged, the best way I can describe this. I, I've never seen anything like this. He was really ticked off that some Pacers assistant walked away with the ball that he wanted as a, a memento from a very good performance. It's tough, right? We bagged on Draymond yesterday, and that's probably because Draymond's very easy to not like, at, for lack of uh, another description for him. And you know who I like a lot? I'm not going to say he's my favorite NBA player, but I love Giannis. I do too. I think he's got good passion. I think he's very exciting. And obviously, he's a very good basketball player. But he also seems like a very good guy. Pretty much ever since the day that I watched him order a 50-piece after scoring 50, I'm like, who doesn't love Giannis? He just seems like such a nice guy. Watching this video, you're going, okay, maybe Giannis can, uh, you know, light that match. And maybe he felt like, they were uh, purposefully not allowing him to have the game ball because he scored 60-plus on the Pacers. And then he went on to say in the press conference that it's not the same ball. I touched that ball for X number of minutes. It's not it. Uh, I kind of have to wonder, does it really matter? I mean, of all the accolades that Giannis is going to have throughout his career, does this ball matter that much? Well, and it, it, there's got to be a backstory. Like my first thought was there's got to be That's some fair. sort of history with the Pacers in that building or with someone on staff, or something he's heard, or something that's that's taken place, because that is not a normal human reaction. It's certainly not a normal reaction for someone like Giannis that is always, I mean, he's comported himself very well as a pro, right? You, you like him, Kelly. I, I'm a big fan also. This is very un-Giannis-like, which makes Correct. me think it couldn't just pop up out of the blue. There had to have been something that's taken place over his career playing in Indianapolis that led to this, that we're not hearing the full story on? Because if it's just an assistant took the game ball and you're running through the concourse just bowling people over and doing that, that's not normal. No, it's not. And it, it, again, like you said, it's very un Giannis like Maybe Giannis actually has a good PR team there in Milwaukee because maybe that's why we've never seen the uh, not-so-pretty side of Giannis. Or, as you said, maybe there's just more to the story. You know, sometimes... Those backstories, those hatreds of teams aren't widely publicized, right? We always knew the Bulls and the Pistons hated each other, but maybe the Bucks and the Pacers really hate each other. That would uh, that would be something that would be new to me, but wouldn't be shocking whatsoever. Kelly, I think you'd be good working in PR. You always you bring up PR in a way that I feel like you would know how to handle situations like this. Because if Giannis was always like this and we didn't know about it, and the Bucks PR team was behind the group behind not showing us that. That is an impressive job uh, by Bucks PR. A little bit better than the Louisville basketball story we discussed uh, yesterday. Also, not a good story. What took place in Jacksonville with the Jags organization, where an employee embezzled twenty-two million dollars from the team from the company. Probably no surprise. It turns out this employee had a bit of a gambling issue, and the biggest part of the issue was they're a terrible gambler. Terrible sports gambler was in part what led to this $22 million embezzlement. Kelly, I know that definitely doesn't surprise you. Uh, it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's, of course, an ugly side to anything that you can become addicted to. But in fact, if you read the article that is posted on OutKick that was written by our good buddy Guns, he only lost half a million of that in gambling, okay? Where is the other 21 and a half million? 
Okay, so he bought a Tesla. There's 100000 But we're still missing a ton of money here. And what's more shocking to me is how in the world the Jacksonville Jaguars let this go on for so long. I mean, this went on for a significant period of time, just completely unnoticed. More than $20 million. I mean, was there more... Was there more than just the fantasy bets that he was doing, right? He was buying in for $30,000 in uh, daily fantasy. Maybe there was some casino involved there as well. I'm not really sure here because there's not outside of, okay, he bought a house. Makes sense. He bought some designer clothes. Fine. He bought another car outside of the Tesla. Okay. But that is still not $22 million. Did he hide some of it offshore? Could be. Could be in a Swiss account somewhere. There's a lot of options here. Uh, we've learned earlier, not a Seinfeld fan. Have you seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? Of course I have. Okay, so you're a hey, fan. Hey, there you go. We talked about Michael Fabiano, good friend of mine, Bobby Fairley. So, of course, wow. I've seen Wow, one Dumb of the Fairley brothers. That's incredible. A lot of good work from the Fairley brothers. Yes. Dumb and Dumber, one of them. But there's a scene in Dumb and Dumber that I'm thinking about with, with this guy where if you remember towards the end of it, uh, they get the briefcase, the guy that they stole from, all the all the money, and Jim it pops open the briefcase. Remember, there's not cash in it. It's all written out, IOUs. And yes, Jim Carrey picks up one off the ground and says, 200K, might want to hold on to that one, and hands it back to him. That's what I see this guy doing after the gambling debt. And the $21.5 million left unaccounted for from him. Maybe he wrote out IOUs also and was just trying to hand it back to the Jags, saying, I, I got your back. I'll, I'll get it to you. Don't you worry about it. They're uh, yeah, they're going to have to hand out some uh, 1099Cs for this tax year because they're going to have to write off a lot of that debt that they're never going to see again. No doubt. There's plenty of things to worry about, not just in sports, but uh, a lot of different places. There's a dumpster fire every week. We've got our dumpster fires of the week right now. And... I'll begin, and I don't know where the dumpster fire lies on this, whether it's the fact that the entertainment community, when they cover tabloid media and celebrities, their lack of information about how sports work with how they cover it when the two cross over, or if the dumpster fire is the fact that I still follow Entertainment Tonight on X, and I was able to see this post on X, but I'm going to show you the post right now on X from Entertainment Tonight, and this is about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and the fact that Travis Kelsey did not show up to Taylor Swift's birthday party. I think we have that post right now that we can show. Maybe not. I guess not. Either way, I'll paraphrase uh, what the post says. Basically, the post says something about for those that are freaking out about Travis Kelsey not going to Taylor Swift's party, he's not there because he's really intense about this. Here it is. Entertainment Tonight. Travis Kelsey was noticeably absent during Taylor Swift's 34th birthday celebration in New York City, but for a good reason. A source, which hilarious, by the way. I'd love to know who the source is. Anyone could have said this. A source tells E.T. that he, quote, remains committed to playing his best and doing his best on and off the field. The team practices are critical, mandatory to attend, and something he takes very seriously. So it's no surprise he stayed in Kansas City ahead of this weekend's game. Yeah, duh. He's a professional football player in the NFL. He can't take off to jet set during the week of game prep with practices 
meetings going on and everything else to go to Tribeca to hang out with his celebrity girlfriend for her 34th birthday party. When sports and tabloid media intersect with celebrity culture and people that actually know the games and know sport, it is a dumpster fire every single time. It was a dumpster fire this week as well, and that is why it is my dumpster fire of the week. Kelly in Vegas now has the floor for her dumpster fire of the week. I'm going to let Davey go next. Uh, I actually have a second one I'm following up on here right now on X. I may have to pivot. Okay. Okay. Davey, go ahead. Davey with his beautiful yellow sweater. Davey, go ahead. Folks, I am starting with where we started the show today, and that's the L.A. Chargers. You look at it, the Brandon Staley project, I, I don't know how he got his third year. I look at what he was able to do the, or the lack of what he was able to do with the talent that he had. And it just continued to spiral out of control. You end up playing a game where you should at least be competitive against this Raiders team. When Aiden O'Connell is the other team's quarterback, you have an opportunity to win that game. It's the NFL, any game or any given Sunday. I know this was Thursday, but you look at a Raiders team that was held to zero points four days ago. Four days ago, and yet they give up 63. And that's a team-high record for the Raiders in their entire history. Brandon Staley was fired, rightfully so. And I'm interested to see what they do now because you look at it, they have a star quarterback in this league, but they have failed to put him with a solid head coach since he has been into the NFL. And Anthony Lynn, train wreck, Brandon Staley, train wreck so we'll see where they go from here but they have plenty of opportunities to go out and hire a decent coach but right now i don't see them doing that and so i'm sure the chargers will be a dumpster fire here before here again before it's all said and done and was that also a franchise record 42 points in the first half had to be it was 42 nothing at halftime i think that was a franchise record for the raiders i mean they, they hit the over alone before half so bad overall kelly you were gonna pivot you had one yeah, dumpster have fire have you pivoted to another one yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, only because it's breaking news uh, oh. for my alma mater. And I know my dad's watching. And so he will want to hear this. Hello, Looks Mr. Like Stewart. We just, got, <laughs> we just got a press conference out of Manhattan, Kansas. And as I stated, the dumpster fire that was the university president uh, last week and overstepping his bounds, micromanaging, and so forth. The dumpster fire of the week, unfortunately, is going to be Kansas State University's president. I thought last week was bad. I thought what the KBOR, that would be the Kansas Board of Regents, was going to do this week was say, hey, man, we're not going to fire you. Just back off. Let the athletic director, let the basketball coach do their jobs. And guess what? Nope. New press conference just came out about 30 minutes ago. Uh, Jerome Tang, arguably one of the best things to ever happen to Manhattan, Kansas, as far as an athletic standpoint, and as far as a human standpoint, if you guys have not got to watch some of his messages, uh, we spoke about Reggie White earlier on the show and some of his messaging, Jerome Tang, an absolutely awesome human being. The dumpster fire of the week is Richard Linton, president of Kansas State University. So what was said in this press conference? Was it really bad? It wasn't really bad because Jerome Tang is not only a man of God, but a man of honor. And I think that he alluded to just enough to say, hey, listen, I have been micromanaged. I was told to put out a video. I was told to break up 
a protest that was in essentially Naquan Tomlin's honor. He didn't say these things because he, again, is one of those really nice guys. I would have loved for him to come out and said, you know what? He made me do this. This happened. This happened. And this happened. But it is really unfortunate because I think Kansas State is going to lose Jerome Tang. And it's probably going to be Chad. To Louisville. Yeah, Louisville's uh, the you, rumor that's out there. Yeah, that's and it's a really yeah, good job and, in college basketball. And when basketball. that happens, K-State basketball program will then be the dumpster fire of the week because no one will want this job. Uh, no one wants to be micromanaged in any capacity in their career. Uh, I think that great leaders, as I said last week, lead from the back. They put great people in positions to do their jobs, and they only step in when absolutely and utterly necessary. I think the university president is similar to the president of the United States. Go shake some hands and kiss some babies and stand up there and don't embarrass us. And apparently, we can't get that from either the president of the United States or the president of Kansas State. Well said, Kelly. Kelly's betting segment coming up next. Welcome back. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Chad Withrow with you. Downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody Studios. Kelly Stewart, fantastic work the end of this week, co-hosting the show. Hutton's going to be back with us on Monday. We wish him well. Well-deserved time off for Hut, and he'll be back with us Monday. Um, also, programming note, we mentioned it before, starting January 3rd, we will be on Outkick.com exclusively. So we'll be on YouTube But after the show, for live content, go to OutKick.com starting January 3rd. Working on options for chats, for text lines, whatever it may be. We'll let you know about all of that uh, once we have that information. And uh, appreciate everyone watching on YouTube right now, listening on our network. However you're taking in the show, we appreciate you on this Friday. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, catch her with Clay Travis on The Fade. Every Friday joins us anyways to give us her bets for the weekend. We're going to do that right now. But first, normally, it's me and Hutton doing battle, giving our pitches to Kelly. She has to pick one or the other. I feel like it's kind of a pick your poison that we did with Davey where she really hates both bets but has to pick one every week that Hutton and I do it. Kelly, do you feel the same way when we give you our our pitches? I do feel bad because I think what Hutton tries to do is not necessarily pick the game he likes the most, but he's like, okay, let me pick a less disgusting game that Kelly might hate less than Chad's, right? Just so that he can technically win. Because it's not like Hutton picks, you know, some glamorous game that I'm going to fall in love with here. Yeah, I, I, I pick with emotion, right? You, you believe you that do. I believe in my pick, right? I really believe in this pick, okay? So you tell me what you think. College hoops, especially early in the season, there are some lines that smart bettors can take advantage of. LSU is playing at Texas tomorrow. LSU has lost to Nickel State, Dayton, and they lost to Kelly's K-State Wildcats 75-60 to recently. Texas is in the top 20. And they are only a seven and a half point favorite against LSU. Um, I don't know how that is. I am hammering the horns on this one. Minus seven and a half. I think they win by double digits. I think they win easily against LSU. Kelly, do you agree with me? Uh, look, here's kind of the, the caveat with LSU. You mentioned that they just played my alma mater before that Alabama state game and K state let them hang around. And I go, what in the world? Why are we letting them hang around? Well, that was because 
LSU was relatively playing turnover-free basketball. Well, then the LSU that we saw that lost to Nickel State and Dayton early in the year and got boat raced uh, on the road at Syracuse, they came to play because they kept turning the ball over. I said the other issue that LSU has, they can't get boards. K-State's fifth player, uh, Willie McNair, who sees the court more often than not, but he's not a full-time role player, had more boards in that game than he's ever had. So I would have to agree with you here. I don't think that I could trust LSU here. On a neutral court is the one caveat. So you guys got to pay attention to that. If it was in Austin, this would be a very low line. It would be very fishy. LSU is going to give their best effort to the better teams. Texas, by all means, is the better team here. They're very well balanced. Now, what they got to do is stop getting in foul trouble uh, because they're giving up a ton of free throws. And as you know, those late free throws means the back door could be open. But I'm with you. It's Texas or pass. Love it. Shows how much of a smart gambler I am that I thought the game was in Austin. It is on a neutral court. I still love the pick because Texas is going to roll them. Neutral court, Austin, doesn't matter. I think it went by double digits. So take the horns, minus seven and a half. Kelly, let's get into your best bets of the week, starting with the Bills. We know the Cowboys have been different home and away this year with their performances. They're going to Orchard Park to take on Buffalo, and you like the Bills in this one? I do. When I did this, uh, I went over this game with Clay Travis on the fade this week. I said, hey, look, it looks like it's going to be nice weather. 30, 40 degrees. Orchard Park, though, no wind, no bad weather. Well, now you start to look and the tides have turned. It might be a little windy. It might be a little rainy. Guess what? The, the guys who play in the Dome don't like that stuff. You mentioned Dallas's home road dichotomy. 7-0 and at home. That's 6-1 and against the spread. But just 3-3 three and three straight up and against the spread on the road. We already know it's tough to play on the road, right? But now if we're going to have freezing weather, rain, and wind, keep an eye on that one, though. I do think that this might be a closer game due to the Dallas Cowboys scoring uh, offense. We know that they're number one. Dak deserves some credit here for being a game manager. I actually came over the top. I laid two with the Bills. I came back, took Dallas plus eight and a half in a teaser. But can we just get the Bills to win by, you know, three, four, five, six, or seven points, and I would be a very happy girl. See, as a viewer and a fan, I love December football in the NFL when the weather gets bad. I mean, you get to watch some of those conditions. As a better, do you love it or hate it? Do you prefer your games when you're trying to bet on to be played in a 72-degree climate-controlled environment? Or do you like trying to play with weather forecast when you're making a bet? Chad, if I wanted to be a meteorologist, uh, I would have been. Because guess what? <laughs> Trying to guess the weather at any point in time is worse than sports gambling. And maybe that will be my new career. I'd probably get a lot less hate on the internet if I just forecasted the weather wrong as opposed to sports gambling. Uh, no, of course, if you had a climate-controlled environment at all points in time, it'd be incredible. You wouldn't have to worry about dropped passes due to wet hands or the wind kicking a field goal just a little to the left. Doesn't K-State have a great meteorology school? I feel like I they, I feel like uh, they no, would. No, agriculture, veterinary, okay. business. Okay. Yeah. No, Mississippi no meteorology State, school. I think you has, would think, though. Yeah, that part of the country especially. Tornadoes. I feel like Mississippi State has a good meteorology school. Um, but, yeah, anyway. Okay. Maybe that would be my next You would have been a great meteorologist, you know. So, uh, in a, Could you in imagine me life. standing up there with the green screen drawing yeah. circles? Yes. Yes, that would go over very well. You could have spent $60,000 to go to meteorology school and not use it the way Davey did to go to law school, graduate, and then not become a lawyer. I'm T pretty sure the meteorology school in 
Mississippi State is just for broadcasting. So it's just like the broadcasting aspect of meteorology. But that's where it would be so perfect because I've already now got the broadcasting thing under wraps. Now I just actually have to learn how to forecast the weather. And all it is is looking at data points just like gambling. See, I didn't know there was a difference between studying broadcast meteorology from studying meteorology. I learned that at law school, actually. I thought that you were were going to have to be... I just assumed they um, were all broadcasters. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to chase tornadoes, that's a completely different career than the woman standing in front of the green screen in the very tight dress. Oh, wait, that's Univision. But see, I I assumed that they're all... Meteorologist, like silly me. I thought they all had a degree in meteorology, uh, and that they actually knew it when they were on there talking about it. Uh, apparently not. Broadcast meteorology different from being a meteorologist. Lions this weekend. I don't know. I don't know the segue here. I don't have some clever way to get into this one. They're in a dome. Here you go. No yeah. weather involved. No the meteorology season, right? involved unless you're trying to get to the game. That's the only thing you got to worry about in this one, Kelly. Yeah, I was going to go to this game. I have uh, a company that I own part of and all the guys live in Detroit. So over the summer, they said, hey, we're we're playing your Broncos. Let's go. And then the Broncos. You own one Ford five. Motor Company? Hold on. Breaking news here. That's the company <laughs> that you own. All the guys <laughs> no. live in Detroit. Amazing. Good job. They also always Way say go, no better time than December 17th to visit Detroit. Yeah, always. Listen, a good time I here. love Detroit. I, I love those blue collar like esque cities with tons of like we'll call it like history of sorts, right? There's just so much fun stuff with Motown and everything. So I love Detroit, but you're right. If I had my choice, I'd prefer to go to Detroit in September, not December. Uh, And then when the Broncos start off one and five, I said, I am not coming to this game. Somebody give away my ticket for free. This team's going to have three wins come this game. And then boom, they go on a crazy win streak. The defense finally comes to play. Sean Payton looks like a genius. Uh, and uh, you have uh, Russell Wilson essentially playing turnover-free football. That was until the Texans game. And we've kind of seen them flatten out here. I was on Denver last week versus the Chargers. And now that win does not look near as good. So this Detroit team laying four and a half here at home. I think a lot of people are starting to kind of panic on the Lions, right? They lost to the Packers on Thanksgiving. Then they just go and lose in Soldier Field. But that is to be expected. That is what the Lions do. This is still the same old Lions team. Don't let them fool you. The offensive line had some banged up guys. The defense, uh, there was a point where it was just Jared Goff. We've got, got to outscore the other team. But they have won for their last five home games. Again, Jared Goff, we talked about that climate-controlled environment, Chad. That is where he thrives. Denver, yep, this is their third straight road game. Whoever made the schedule for the Broncos did them no favors here. I like the four and a half with the Lions. With your knowledge of Detroit, Kelly, you're the perfect person to ask this question. I was out here having a conversation with some of the people at 6th and Peabody that work here one afternoon, and someone was going to Detroit for a hockey game. And we got into this broad conversation about whether or not Detroit actually has a really nice hotel. And I assured them, I said, a city of that size that at one point was such a power player in the auto industry and had a lot of executives in town, I guarantee you there is like an old, nice hotel that is a five-star hotel somewhere in downtown Detroit. Am I wrong to assume that Detroit does, in fact, have at least one really nice hotel? 
I always used to stay at the casino for obvious reasons. So I would say this, look, downtown Detroit has become absolutely and utterly gorgeous. They have done a really good job. Greek towns down there, lots of fun restaurants, lots of fun bars. They have pumped a lot of money into reviving Detroit. So I'm sure that high-end hotel is well on its way. Yeah, Detroit's back. Are the Saints back, Kelly? That's your next best bet. This one is painful. I'm going to say this in a, in, a, in a really gross way. I don't want to take the Saints here, but I have to take the Saints here. This is a Saints team that shouldn't be able to blow anyone out. This is a Saints team no one is going to want to back here with Tommy DeVito and the Giants. Tommy, Tommy everybody loves Tommy. Of course they do. But look, the Giants, while they have shown some prowess with Tommy DeVito under center, there is a point in time where I think the bottom's going to fall off, right? And we haven't seen a lot from Barkley as of late. He finally broke one and got me uh, over his rushing yards in the last game against the Packers. But look, the Saints, I understand why nobody would want to lay points with them. They are just so mediocre. We have Derek Carr, who even the Raiders didn't want. And if it's not going to be Derek Carr, it's going to be Jameis Winston or, you know, some combination of him and Taysom Hill, who is also questionable. The Saints have been terrible under Dennis Allen's watch. This is not a play on the Saints. This is a play against, yeah, against Mr. Uh, what are we calling him these days? Tommy the guy Cutlets. with the hand. Tommy Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets. And uh, this is going to be Tommy a, Cutlets. a tough, it's going to be a tough road, road game for him here. I have a feeling I'm going to hate myself late in the fourth quarter, but I do think the Saints will prevail and cover the six. They desperately needed. Is there in that three-way tie for the NFC South? And I mean, the Falcons, they get the Panthers. So it's one of those games. If they want to keep pace, this is one they need to have. It's Davey's favorite division. He I loves, love it. He loves this race I for the team that's going to be under 500 that wins the division. Oh, God. The NFC South, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, we used to bag on the AFC South and say you should just take every single one of the team totals under for the regular season wins. Now it's moved to the NFC South. It is just a race to the bottom. And luckily for the other three teams, they all get to play the Panthers. It's also one of those divisions I could see all four coaches being fired from. We've already had one fired, so... Well, you know, I did ask that question about Todd Bowles uh, early in the season, but his defense has been playing a lot better. Uh, I unfortunately cannot get to the window with the Bucks this week. I do lean towards the Packers, but Todd Bowles, I think, might have saved his job with the second half of the season. Okay, you know, he's putting up sixty-three points. The Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, not uh, Derek Carr. So let's let's keep that in mind when we talk about AOC, Aiden O'Connell, uh, Cardinals. Another best bet for you this week, Kelly. Yeah, this one's gross. Come on. It's the Cardinals. Nobody wants to take the 12 with this team against. Hello, everybody. We're ready to give the Lombardi to the San Francisco 49ers. And why not? Brock Purdy now in the front running for MVP. This is a lot of points for a divisional home underdog with Kyler Murray being back under center for this team. I do not think that we're going to see some high scoring crazy affair here. I could see it being 24 17 type of final where San Francisco gets the win Cardinals off a bye and hypothetically keeps it close enough just to cover. This is a big number here. Um, and obviously the, the Cardinals are better with Kyler Murray under center. Divisional home underdogs have been cashing at a great rate this year. So I have no choice but to take another one. How was your last weekend, Kelly, from a, from a betting was, perspective? And 
It was the best NFL weekend I have had all season. I thrive. I, I literally have to embrace those weekends and just soak it all in because it is the NFL. It is so hard to bet week in and week out. The bookmakers scrutinize these lines. They study it harder than anything. They follow the injury trends. They know the overreactions. They know where the public money is going to come in before they even put the number out. The NFL is the hardest market to beat. So to have a weekend like I had last weekend to just basically run the table was nothing short of incredible. You're riding a hot streak into this weekend is what I'm hearing. So there you go. Kelly is going with Bills, Lions, Saints, Cardinals. Take her advice. And she didn't hate my pick of Texas to cover seven and a half against LSU in college basketball. Hey, when we come back, final segment of the week, we got things we haven't hit yet we need to. I want one pick your poison question from Davey Hudson. And we're also going to talk about the transfer portal and how it is absolutely pillaging FCS level players. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. This is Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. We're back. Hot Mike is part of the Outkick Network. Thanks to everyone for tuning in throughout the week. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton normally here. He'll be back on Monday. Kelly Stewart did a fabulous job filling in for Hutton. And she's on with us right now. So many things to get to. Um, a lot of things happening right now. Holiday season. A lot of football going on. Some things that we missed throughout the show that I, I do want to get back to. One of them was during our Pick Your Poison segment where Davey Hudson joins us and gives us a, a, a chance to pick between the best of a lot of bad options. And this is a college football playoff championship weekend related Pick Your Poison Kelly, I wanted to get your response to this pick your poison question from Davey. Yes, and the genesis of this question revolves around we know Florida State was left out, and so as we expanded the 12-team playoff, a lot of conversations have been about will we see conference championships go away? So my question to you all is, would you rather have the 12-team playoff with no conference championships or four-team playoff with conference championships? I'll, I'll start. Kelly, I'd rather have the 12-team playoff without conference championships, but it's close because if you take away the championship Saturday, that's a lot of fun every year, right? When you get to that weekend and those games, that, that is, that's become a tradition in college football. We're starting a new tradition with these games being played on campus in a 12-team format. So I'd rather take that trade off and have those new playoff games that are going to be played on campus and seeing that. But I like championship weekend also. Where do you fall on this? I love championship weekend, right? Those are usually two teams that really hate each other. So this year we got to see uh, Alabama, Georgia. We got to see Oklahoma State, Texas. Now, for some reason, Iowa just had a nothing burger, but they still all hate Michigan. Um, and then, of course, the ever exciting that will never happen again, Pac-12 championship that was just a complete and utter shootout uh, between Oregon and Washington State. I really enjoy it. Do I think the four-team playoff is flawed? Of course I do. So if I have to choose between loving conference championship weekend and a 12-team playoff, 
I just, I don't think the 12 team playoffs is going to be that great. I really don't. Wow. We're going to have people bitch and complain just like we did this year because the 13th and 14th team is going to get snubbed. It's going to be the same teams year in and year out. They're going to let in three or four SEC teams instead of one or two. They're never going to get left on the outside looking in. That's why Florida State got snubbed is because they couldn't have Alabama standing there on the outside looking in after winning the SEC championship. And they would have rather left out Florida State, who ran the table. And that's where the real problem arises. Now, if we had 14 teams get in and we had some really fun group of five schools and we had some really uh, interesting, like a team that won the AAC, right? Or a team that won Conference USA. Having those teams come in and they might get lamb blasted by an Alabama or a Texas or a Florida State, but they deserve to get in. And I, I, just, I just know it's going to be flawed. So for right now... Until I see otherwise, I got to keep the conference championships. Yeah, it's just one of those things where as we come full circle, and, and like if Georgia didn't play in the conference championship game, they're playing in the college football playoff right now. So that's kind of where that conversation of getting rid of that game uh, comes from. And then if you look at it, uh, as Russ Cole once said, time is a flat circle, you have Baylor and TCU in 2014 not make the college football playoff because they didn't have a conference championship game in the Big 12. Yeah. So... Now, they obviously implemented that game, and we know um, Texas winning that was what catapulted them into the college football playoff this season. So I know a lot of people are not happy with the way in which college football is going. It's getting away from you know the regionality, the passion, and while I still think the passion will be there, it's heading more towards that NFL model, and it's one of those things to where you're going to see people continue to hold on to the past, and if you're holding on, you can keep holding on tight, but I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, it's a good argument that you guys kind of make about the 12-team playoff and where it's definitely going to be flawed, like everything else. And I get that part of it. I do like, you mentioned, you know, Conference USA, the AAC champion. You are going to get the best group of five that's going to automatically be in that 12-team playoff, which I like that part of the, the format of it. So we're going to see that. Um, and we're still going to complain, you're right, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We're going to complain about those every year. Here is one, and I, I'm all for the 12-team playoff as opposed to the four. And I, I like championship weekend, too. I want to have both. But if I had to pick one, I would pick 12-team. But I, like Kelly, I like that the championship weekend. One unintended consequence that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about. Now, suddenly, 75% of Power 5 programs believe their team should be in a 12-team playoff. And that is going to cause a lot more headaches for head coaches. Because I do think the expectations are going to rise that with a four-team playoff, no one cares if you don't get in, right? Because they expect the same three or four teams in, and they understand why you're not there. But when you open it up to 12, well, that's half of the top 25. So now there's a lot of programs out there thinking, why can't we get there in the next five years? Why can't this coach that we've hired, he's been there seven years. And while he goes seven and five or eight and four most years, that's not good enough for us because he's not in the college football playoff. What happens when Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is suddenly missing a 12-team playoff every year? Ole Miss fans are going to say, well, we're too good for this. We need to be in that 12-team playoff. That is an unintended consequence. I think it's going to up the pressure on coaches to get in that 12-team playoff. And most may not care about that. But, Kelly, you know fans are unrealistic with their own expectations at times. And that is going oh, to be, gonna a, be bad. That's going to be the expectation. I think about my alma mater, Tennessee. You better believe Tennessee fans are going to expect to be there 
two out of every four years. Yeah, but they're not the gonna, time, they right? cannot let four SEC teams in. No. Here's what's going to Well, here's they're what's not going to the get there that often, too, is what I'm trying to warn Tennessee fans about, right? They're going to get in eventually, I'm sure, with a 12-team playoff. But to think you're going to be there annually, I don't think that's realistic. And this is coming from a program that's top 10 all-time college football and wins, I'm saying that, just currently. Based well, on the state the, of things. Here's the problem. So let's let's look at who would actually be in this year, right? You would have so four, four SEC teams. You would have four SEC teams, right, this year. Um, and you would have to allow some other teams in that probably don't deserve to be there, right? That are going to get boat raced. And we know that from a, from a gambling perspective that they just cannot compete. Uh, and maybe in a one-game sample size, we'll get some really fun us. Well, with a, buy, with a buy, I think it makes it better. Right, so those top four teams are talking about yes. boat racing. The other ones, they're not. They're, you're gonna have to win a game to play them. Very so true. I think twelve versus five is gonna be pretty competitive. I would hope. Right, six but versus let's, eleven. Let's use Oregon versus Liberty this year. They would possibly be playing each other in the college football playoff, and Oregon's now a sixteen point favorite. But see, you were just that's arguing about I mean. you want to see those teams, right? That's that's the give and take. Of I don't want to see those teams. That's I, the problem. You don't, I think it you don't be, want to see. A group I think it of should five be the, the the bet. It's not that I don't want to see. The problem is, is when they run the table like New Mexico State essentially did, right in Conference USA, they're going to let them in. I, I mean, they did beat they did beat Auburn this year. That was pretty yeah. crazy as big, I'm huge underdogs. Them in. I mean, look, I, we have a 16 seed play a one seed every year in the NCAA tournament. Right. We love it. Like even when they're but usually getting that killed. That makes more sense with 64 teams because there's, you know, 330 college basketball teams. I guess my problem is, is that they're not going to allow two big 12 teams and they're not going to allow two big 10 teams. So when they allow four SEC teams, oh, they're going to allow one two big, big 10 teams in. The, the, here's what's going to happen. The big 10 is going to get three. The SEC is going to get four. Now you've got four spots between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, right? Now that, the Pac-12's that's basically out. what it's you're doing. It's going to be the ACC, so that's going to be the problem. I, for, I forgot about the ACC for good reason. They just had a team <laughs> go undefeated and win the conference championship and couldn't and get in the get playoff, unfortunately. And I, I hate that for Florida that's, State, by the way. That's the issue here. That's the problem here at hand is no one is going to be happy. People are going to riot in the streets if four SEC teams get in. They're going to be <sighs> pissed off if only one Big 12 team gets in or one ACC team gets in. And they're just going to be upset. One of the other unintended consequences I, I actually think might be interesting to follow is with the way in which the transfer portal is operating. You like right now, like if Lane Kiffin was having to prepare his team for a game, he's been all over the place trying to recruit kids. He's getting all these other guys into the transfer portal. I, I think while I want college football to be more like NFL in the level of parity, having 12 teams that are just having to focus on making sure that they're winning that next game while you have a lot of other coaches that are just able to go out and continue recruiting, going into the uh, they, portal, they picking other guys the off their roster. Yeah. But but if they don't, like that's an added benefit for those teams that don't make it this year. It's going to hurt the teams that are in it this season. And and I think it might help level the playing field just a tad. But I, I think it'll be fun. And that's like where you have to make sure you're managing your personnel at the highest level possible. Yeah, I would but, agree. But the head coach like Elaine Kiffin – it's his job to go there and shake hands and kiss babies and get these either transfers or recruits. in. I don't think it actually is going to hurt them in the bowl game as a day to day. Do you? Well, not for just like the bowl games that we now view as, as meaningless, but like a great example now is Malik Murphy's entering the transfer portal. So while you're having to keep your own guys, you're still having to recruit your own guys as you're getting set to play a playoff game. 
Just like now that is something right, with a lot of essentially people no about. backup quarterback um, unless, of course, yeah. Arch Manning uh, goes in for that one. That's going to be really interesting. That make, You make a very good point, Davey. They got to change the calendar uh, to Davey's point. That, that's got to happen where this is all not happening at the same time. And I hate and it's, it's reality, but I hate that we're just automatically saying, well, these bowl games that don't matter. <laughs> It's a game. Why do you like, think I asked Barrett? It's one. It of, took, it's one of thirteen. Barrett likes bowl games. I like watching bowl games too. I do too. But I'm thinking. But this it is, seems like it doesn't matter to coaches and players. It doesn't. I want. I want it to matter. Trust me. It, Imagine it, trying to handicap these games when you got to figure out who cares and who doesn't. How do you handicap yeah, motivation? I, I hate that fans also have to come back and say, you know, if they don't care, why do I care? And that's a that's a that's a very honest assessment of the situation. If they don't care, why do I care? Because most of them seemingly don't, but I, I want to care about it because it's one of 13 opportunities you have over a whole year to compete against another team. And if you're working that hard and doing that much, I just don't, my little brain can't comprehend how coaches and players and everyone aren't all in on those 13 opportunities. Even if you get one bonus one in some lower level bowl game, but whatever, maybe, you're, you're right, maybe I'm an old man right. with that. No, it's an inc incredible opportunity. Look how much more practice time you get. Just making a bowl game. Uh, Barrett commented before we went on about my Bill Snyder book, and actually there's parts of that in that book talking about the importance of just getting to that bowl game and how important it is for your program, not only monetarily-wise, extra practices, recruiting, and so forth. And I don't know why they aren't. I mean, I, I'm really sad. K-State's bowl game is uh, two hours away from me, and I'm going to be in Nashville filling in for you. I was really <laughs> sad. I said, why did I commit to this? Oh, because I thought K-State would be in Texas again, and I just didn't feel like going to Texas for the fourth time this year. Got to learn how to say no, Kelly. That's that's all I can tell you. You'd be at that K-State game if, if you could. Hey, quickly, we got to get to our NFL eliminator. Davey, you're up first on yeah, this one. I, I am up first, and I won last week, so I will take my victory lap there. We have not discussed what the winner gets for this. I mean, it, it took us to week 15 to get here, but I went with the 49ers last week. They were able to get it done, and guess what? I'm going back to the well. Give me, because the round starts over, so I am taking San Francisco over Arizona. And again, it's just money line, so I'm going to roll with the Niners. Hutton is going with the Kansas City Chiefs to bounce back and win this week. So we'll make that selection for him in absentia. Hutton's going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Dolphins to bounce back. Terrible performance at home. The Titans tried to give them the game, spotted them 21 points, and the Dolphins would not take it. The Titans took it back from them. Titans not a good team. I think the Dolphins bounce back, and I do not see the Jets playing the way they did in the second half offensively against Houston for a second straight week. Give me the Dolphins to beat a Jets team we just saw them handle uh, recently against the Jets also. And those are our Eliminator picks for the week. Kelly, fun times uh, the last couple days. Uh, so you will come back now, even after doing this, for the last two shows, <laughs> right? Yes, of course. I will see you next Friday uh, to fill in for Hutton once again. I hope he's really enjoying all this vacation time. Yeah, I think so. I think he's uh, with, some, with some family, so he's, uh, he's doing very well. So, um that's going to be fun. Holiday season upon us. Uh, Davey, still not a lawyer, uh, but doing a good job for us this week. Next best thing, right, Davey? Is being I enjoy this more. I have a free lawyer on staff. The, the, what are you complaining the, about? The reason I got through law school. He's not school, a lawyer. This is like the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, calling a dentist a doctor. Wasn't that a whole plot on Seinfeld also? He's no, not, he's not it a lawyer. Was, it, that's not what that is on. 
It's from The Hangover. It, it Nobody cares true. about yes. Seinfeld. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon for one year Stew. in school. There's no and way. I took classes There's for no it. way I would that let you operate on that me. That doesn't Zero make chance. me a fourth of an orthopedic surgeon because I went to one year of studying that. I've got that. the degree. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what, what more do you want? Like, I just... I. I had the opportunity to, to go to and, and do sports radio. That's and I, I chose it and I love it. All right, it. so there we go. That's going to be some sort of bet in the future. Hey. Davey loses, he has to take the bar. Have a great weekend, everyone. Appreciate you t- tuning in. <laughs>